Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Pussy Jackson Podcast. What are we waiting for? Let's begin. Hours later, my raft washed up at Camp Hofler. How I got there, I have no idea. At some point, the lake water just changed to salt water. The familiar shoreline of Long Island appeared up ahead, and a couple of friendly great white sharks surfaced and steered me towards the beach. When I landed, the camp seemed deserted. It was late afternoon, but the archery range was empty. The climbing wall poured lava and rumbled all, all by itself. Pavilion, nothing. Cavens, all vacant. Then I noticed smoke rising from the amphitheater, too early for a campfire, and I didn't think they were roasting mash- marshmallows. I ran towards it. Before I even got there, I heard Chiron making an announcement. When I realized what he was saying, I stopped in my tracks. Assume he is dead, Chiron said, after so long a silence, and it is unlikely our prayers will be answered. I have asked his best surviving friend to do the final honors. I crept back up the I crept up the back of the amphitheater. Nobody noticed me. They were all looking forward. Uh, watching as Annabeth took a long green silk buried cloth and embroidered with a trident and set it on the flames. They were burning my shroud. Annabeth turned to face the audience. She looked terrible. Her eyes were puffy from crying, but she managed to say he was probably the bravest friend I've ever had. He, and then she saw me. Her face went blood red. He's right there. Heads turned. People gasped. Percy! Beck and Drove grinned. A bunch of other kids crowded around and clapped me on the back. I heard a few curses from the Aries cave and the Clarice just rolled her eyes like she couldn't believe it had the nerve to survive. Karan cantered over and everybody made way for him. Well, he sighed with obvious relief. I don't believe I've ever been happier to see a camper return, but you must tell me where have you been? Annabeth interrupted, shoving aside the other campers. I thought she was going to punch me, but instead she hugged me so fiercely she nearly cracked my ribs. The other campers fell silent. Annabeth seemed to realize what she was making a scene and pushed me away. I, we thought you were dead, Seward Bray. I'm sorry, I said. I got lost. Lost? She yelled two weeks. Percy, where in the world? Annabeth? Karen interrupted. Perhaps we should discuss this somewhere private, shall we? The rest of you are back to your normal activities. Without waiting for us to protest, he picked up Annabeth and me as easily as we were kittens, slung us under the both of his back, and galloped towards the big house. I didn't tell them the whole story. I just couldn't bring myself to talk about Calypso. I explained how it caused the explosion once in Helens and got blasted out of the volcano. Then I told him I'd been marooned on an island and Hephaestus had found me and told me I could leave. A magic raft had carried me back to camp. All that was true, but as I said, my pants felt sweaty. You've been gone two weeks. Annabeth's voice was steady enough, but she still looked pretty shaken up. When I heard the explosion, I thought... I know, I'm sorry, but I figured out how to get through the labyrinth to talk to Hephaestus. He told you the answer? Phil, he sort of told me that I already knew and I do, I understand now. I told him my idea. Annabeth's jaw dropped. Percy, that's crazy. Tyrone sat back in his wheelchair and stroked his beard. Here is the precedent, however. Theseus had the help of Ariadne. Harriet Tubman, the daughter of Hermes, used many mortals on her underground railroad for just this reason. 
But this is my quest, Annabeth said. I need to lead it. Chiron looked uncomfortable. My dear, it is your quest, but you need help. And this is supposed to be help? Please, it's wrong. It's cowardly. It's hard to admit we need a mortal's help, I said, but it's true. Annabeth glared at me. You are the single most annoying person I've ever met. And then she stomped out of the room. I stared at the doorway. I felt like hitting something. So much for being the bravest friend she's ever had. She will calm down. Karen promised. She's jealous, my boy. That's stupid. It's not. She's not. It's not like. Karen chuckled. It hardly matters. Annabeth is very territorial about her friends, in case you haven't noticed. She was quite worried about you. And now that you're back, I think she suspects that you were marooned. I met his eyes, and I knew Chiron had guessed about Calypso. It was hard to hide anything from a guy who's been training heroes for 3,000 years. He's pretty much seen it all. We won't dwell on your choices, Chiron said. You came back. That is what matters. Tell that to Annabelle. Chiron smiled. In the morning, I will have Argus take the two of you to Manhattan. You might stop by your mother's Percy. She is understandably distraught. My heart skipped a beat. All the time on Calypso's island, I never thought about how my mom would be feeling. She'd think I was dead. She'd be devastated. What was wrong with me that I hadn't even considered her? Chiron, what about Grover and Tyson, do you think? I don't know, my boy. Chiron gazed at the empty fireplace. Juniper is quite distressed. All her branches are turning yellow. The Council of Cloven Elders have revoked Grover Social's license on in absentia, assuming... He comes back alive. They will force him into a shameful exile. He said, Grover and Tyson are very resourceful. However, we can still hope. I shouldn't have let them run off. Grover has his own destiny, and Tyson was brave to follow him. You would know if Grover was in mortal danger, don't you think? I suppose the empathy link, but there is something else I should tell you, Percy. He said, he said, actually, two unpleasant things. Great. Chris Rodriguez, our guest, I remember what I had seen in the basement. Clarice trying to talk to him while he babbled about the labyrinth. Is he dead? Not yet, Karen said grimly, but he's much worse. He's in the infirmary now, too weak to move. I had to order Clarice back to regular schedule because she was at his bedside constantly. He doesn't respond to anything. He won't take food, drink, none of my medicines help. He has simply lost the will to live. I shuddered. Despite all the run-ins I'd had with Clarice, I felt horrible for her. She tried so hard to help him, and now that I'd been in the labyrinth, I couldn't understand why it had been so easy for the ghost of Minos to drive Chris mad. If I had been wandering around there alone without my friends to help, I'd never have made it out. I'm sorry to say, Chiron continued, the other news is less unpleasant still. Quintus has disappeared. Disappeared? How? Three nights ago, he slipped into the labyrinth. Juniper watched him go. It appears you may have been right about him. Here's a spy for Luke. I told Karen about the Triple G Ranch, how Quintus has brought his scorpions there and Gary on been supplying Kronos' army. It can't be a coincidence. Karen sighed heavily. 
So many betrayals. I had hoped Quintus would prove a friend. It seems my judgment was bad. What about Mrs. O'Leary? I asked. The hellhound is still in the arena. It won't let anyone approach. I did not have the heart to force it into a cage or destroy it. Quintus wouldn't just leave her. As I said, Percy, we seem to have been wrong about him. Now, you should prepare yourself for the morning. You and Arabeth still have much to do. I left him in his wheelchair, staring sadly into the fireplace. I wondered how many times he'd sat there, waiting for heroes that never came back. Well, that's an omnia sentence. Okay. Before dinner, I stopped by the sword arena. Sure enough, Mrs. O'Leary was curled up in an enormous black furry mound in the middle of the stadium, chewing half-heartedly on the head of a warrior dummy. When she saw me, she barked and came bounding towards me. I thought it was dead meat. I just had time to say, whoa, before she bowled me over and started licking my face. Now, usually, being the son of a side and all, I only get wet if I want to, but my powers apparently did not extend to dark saliva because I got a pretty good bath. Oh, girl, I yelled, can't breathe, let me up. Eventually managed to get her off me. I scratched her ears and found her an extra gigantic dog biscuit. Where's your master? I asked her. How could he just leave you, huh? She whimpered like she wanted another too. I was ready to believe Quintus was an enemy, but still I couldn't understand why he'd left Mrs. O'Leary behind. If there was one thing I was sure of, it was that he really cared for his mega dog. I was thinking about that and toweling the dark spit on my face when a girl's voice said, You're lucky she didn't bite your head off. Clarice was standing at the other end of the arena with a sword and shield. Came here to practice yesterday? She grumbled, Doc tried to chew me up. Doc tried to chew me up. She is an intelligent dog. I said, Funny. She walked towards us. Mrs. O'Leary growled, but I patted her on the head and calmed her down. Stupid hellhound. Clara said, not going to keep me from practicing. I heard about Chris. I'm sorry. Clara's paced circle around the arena. When she came to the nearest dummy, she attacked viciously, chopping off its head a single blow and driving her sword through, the, through its guts. She pulled the sword out and kept walking. Yeah, well, sometimes things go wrong. Her voice was shaky. Heroes get hurt, they, they die, and the monsters just keep coming back. She picked up a javelin and threw it across the arena. It nailed the dummy straight between the eye holes of its helmet. She had called Chris a hero like he had never gone over the tide inside. It reminded me of the way Annabeth sometimes talked about Luke. I decided not to bring that up. Chris was brave, I said. I hope he gets better. She glared at me like I were her next target. Mrs. O'Leary growled. Do me a favor. Clarice told me. Yeah, sure. If you ever find Daedalus, don't trust him. Don't ask him for help. Just kill him. Because anybody who can make something like the labyrinth, Percy, that person is evil. Plain evil. For a second, she reminded me of Eurytion, the cow whore, her much older half-brother. She had the same hard look in her eyes as if she had been used as she'd been used for the past few thousand years and was getting tired of it. She sheathed her sport. Practice time is over. From now on, it's for real. 
so we'll keep it till here because the next part is totally a dream and they all get to find a mortal to help them navigate the labyrinth. I think we all know who that mortal is because there's only one one or two models they know who can see through the mist. So they leave someone like that. And the next part is totally a dream of Percy and it's like really big and boring. We'll do it in another session. So until then, stay tuned only on the Percy Jackson podcast.